Jesus Live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another MMA UK Late Show. Uh, my name is Lewis Smith, and thank you for everyone who is joining in with us tonight for another chat and about the latest instalment of Cage Warriors Trilogy. We've got coming up uh, later on this week in York Hall, London. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my two esteemed colleagues, Chris Emanuel. Chris, how's it going, buddy? It's been, it's been a minute since we last spoke, isn't it? I'm far too old for that, mate. I'm 43, remember? It's been a very long time since we last spoke. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's great to see you, though, mate. Yeah, really good. Really good. You lost your sense of humour, Chris. I've missed you, Lewis. It's been too long. It has been. And of course, I can't forget about Katie Hunter. Katie, how are you? I won't say it's been a minute because I'll have a row off Chris, but it's it's been a while since we've done one of these shows, isn't it? It's been ages, yeah. It's been a long time. It's good to see you both. Definitely. You know, obviously, yeah, I think the last time we might have done it was the last time we had a trilogy show, the, the last trilogy for Cage Warriors. So only fitting that obviously we're back now to do it for, for the latest instalment, as I said. And, you know, an, another monumental effort from Cage Warriors to put these cards on... Um, Chris, I'll come to you first to sort of kick kick off this show, and I'll come to you because I know, I know you've got like a little bit of a promoter's head sometimes. What 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 sort of effort has it been from Cage Warriors? You know, across the pandemic, we, I think we're on the the third or fourth instalment of trilogies now. Um, I mean, just talk a little bit about you know what this has done for MMA MMA in the UK. You know, throughout the pandemic and all the things we've been through. It's basically kept it going. If you look at, uh, you go back a couple of years, there were a multitude of regional shows where fighters could compete, they could keep themselves active, um, and they could build themselves up and, and then progress on to national and international shows. Um, the pandemic's just put pay to all of that because, you know, let's be honest, these, these shows only make money if people actually come in and watch. They don't make money from uh, pay-per-view. Even if they've got a UFC Fight Pass deal, the UFC are only paying a very small handful of those shows because you know the, the reality is that those shows don't actually make money for the UFC. They just they just add a, add content to to the platform. So for Cage Warriors to actually put on this show or this this series of shows has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think in 2020 that outside of the the big events, so you know we're talking your um, UFC, Bellator, uh, KSWs, um, the only fighters uh, from the UK who didn't uh, fight on Cage Warriors who competed were um, uh, the young lad Mohamed Mokayev who fought on Brave uh, a few times. There's uh, the guy who fights uh, Sam Patterson as well, who fights on Brave. And uh, my guy, my guy PK Jade, uh, he had a fight on Brave in August in Sweden, uh, 2020. Outside of that, I can't think of anyone else who actually got the opportunity to compete, other than the people who actually got the chance on Cage Warriors. So, you know, it's huge kudos to them for actually continuing with this because they must be losing money. You know, even even though their sponsorship deals, they have to be losing money um, putting on these events by not having crowds in because the crowd's going to be the, the the bulk of their income. Um, and it's not just that they've put on events, they've put on absolute crackerjack events as well. Yeah. You know, the, the matchmaking is always as superb with by Ian Dean, but I think he's just going up at level after level after level at the moment. And this uh, trilogy that we've got, there's there's some um, fights on here which just blow my mind. They, Katie and I were talking um, just, just before we started and uh, we're saying that there's a, there's a load of these fights that would quite easily grace the UFC card and wouldn't look out of place. Yeah, definitely. And, and Katie, coming to you, I mean, obviously, like myself, you've been very excited for all of these cards you've had throughout the pandemic. 
are these trilogies something you sort of see continuing on as we enter into the life post-pandemic? And is that something you would want to see? Oh, yeah, I hope so. Cage Warriors have always tried to do something special now and then. And we had the Night of Champions and we've had kind of special events before. So I'm sure they'll they'll want to keep going with either the trilogies or something like it. Um, it'd be good to have them a couple of times a year. I've got one little request for Ian Dean and Graham. I would like to see more women on these cards, more women's fights. I, I don't think we've seen enough. And the girls that they've ha have had on previously have done them proud and, and flying the flag in the UFC now or, you know, where, wherever they are now. And I just, I would like to see some more ladies on the card going forward. But that's my, my special request for next time. I'm yeah. pretty happy with the way these three cards are looking. Yeah, but I, I think that's a very good point. Like I said, it, it has been something that we, ha we have seen a lack of a lack of those fights in the UK and, and potentially even across Europe. So I think everyone can get behind more women's fights. I mean, the, they're in the UFC now and, you know, the women, are, you know, they, they make as much of an impact as the men now. So, you know, I, I definitely think it's, it's something that we can look forward to. And like you said, put the request into Ian Dean and hopefully he answers. Well, also, like, you know, Katie, Katie did the interview with um, with Joanne uh, earlier this week, was it? Or Talender last week. And yeah. she said something which I thought was quite poignant in that interview. She said that there are no easy fights for women in the UK. Yeah. Everyone is a decent level. There's no gimmies. You know, you, you go into your pro career, straight away you're fighting against a killer. So, you know, they don't get the opportunity to build up. And I'm certain that there's going to be some really good matches for Cage Warriors to put together um, from the talent pools in the UK and certainly across Western Europe as well. Yeah. And definitely coming through on those Cage Warriors Academy shows as well. Like the level of mm. female fighters on those are insane. So I'm sure that's something to look forward to on the next one. We, we have got plenty to keep us going. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, people know there's a lot of fights coming up. We're, we're probably not going to be able to talk about every single one of them tonight because obviously, you know, three, three cards, Cage Warriors always put on a big show. So we're going to get through as many as we can, obviously starting with Cage Warriors 123 which is on June 24th. That is this Thursday. And um, we're going we're to start at the top of the card. We've got a title fight. Matthias Frederick, uh, absolute terrifying middleweight champion. And he's going to be facing Matthew Bonner. Uh, Matthew, obviously, on a, on a bit of a tear at the moment in the Cage Warriors middleweight division. Uh, Chris, I'll come to you first on this one. What, what do you make of this matchup? And, uh, I mean, what, what do you think about our champion, Matthias? Well, I, I've, I've met him a couple of times in person and he literally is one of the most terrifying people that you'll ever see walk into a room. Yeah, he speaks to him, he's one of the nicest dudes you'll come across. He's just absolutely lovely, a really, really nice, gentle, gentle guy. Um, but he is a killer in the cage. His, his power is there for all to see. Um, is this his third title defence now? Um, or third title fight, sorry, because he fought, fought Webb, didn't he? Um, but uh, it... And then the yeah, the draw, and then it, yeah, and then he won the second one. Um, but the, the thing with with, with Matthias is that he he kind of he flatters to see. Sometimes you look at him, and you think his technique isn't as on point as it should be, and certainly he starts. You can see him starting to throw wild, but it works. You know, he he hits like an absolute steam train, and. I personally would never like to get hit by someone like the Tash Frederick, even if he's not hitting it, 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 even if he's not quite got his stance right or he's not quite got his distance measured. He, you know, if you look at his record, um, eight of his last nine wins have been by uh, either knockout or, or TKO. 
And the only person who's taken him to a decision was Avi Jack. And that guy can just take punishment after punishment. I had him at a show six years ago now. And you could just see this. It, it doesn't matter what you do to Avi Jack. Avi will just keep walking forward. So it doesn't surprise me that he managed to go the distance. But, um, you know, but then he come up against uh, Matty Bonner. You know, he fights out of next gen in Liverpool under Paul Rimmer. Um, very impressive against James Webb in his last performance. He's won five of his last six. Only loss was to um, Jamie Richardson, wasn't it, um, back uh, last year. Um, but he's got impressive wins. And a win over Matt Inman um, at Cage Warriors 118. Um, the guy's clearly got talent. So it's one of those ones. It's one of those ones that Ian Dean's matched up really well because you're not really too sure which way to go. Um, is age going to be a factor? Because Fredericks is eight years older. But... You know, as I say to everyone, black don't crack. So I think that Natty can keep going for a good few years yet. Um, is this the one which pushes him into that opportunity in, in a global? Um, you know, because if it'll be his, his, his third title fight or fourth title fight, of which he won, would have won three if he wins it. Um, it's, a, it's a real gimme. I'm, for me, I'm probably going to lean towards Fredericks because I like him as a person. I genuinely like him. But it could it could easily go either way because they're both super talented fighters. Yeah, it's a, it's a very close matchup. And Katie, uh, I know you've met uh, Nick Nathias a few times as well backstage. What what do you think of this fight and how do you see it going? I have. This is the first time I've been able to pick him actually in, in quite a few fights. So the last three times he's been fighting teammates of mine. Um, but yeah, he's got a, a tough matchup in Matt Bonner. Matt looked great in his last few and particularly the last one against Webb I'm not, I'm not sure if how much of that was down to him you know absolutely knocking it out of the park and, and Webb having an off night or an off camp not being able to train properly I don't want to take anything away from Bonner because he did look exceptional in that fight but it's really hard to pick against someone with the power that Frederick's got because we saw him against Jamie Richardson. Jamie looked phenomenal in that first round and you've only got to get clipped by him. So I find it really, really hard to pick against him in this one. Um, but I would say that Bonner needs to have a similar game plan that was working for Richardson right up until he got caught. Yeah. And and for me, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's so hard to fight a guy who's just got that get out of jail free card. You know, you can be beating him for three, four rounds and... You know, in in the blink of an eye, then he, he changes it up and, and the fight's over. So, I'm I'm gonna go for Nathias as well. I I definitely think it's gonna be a close fight. But you know, even if he hurts you, you know, you can be damaged for a couple of rounds, and he's gonna pick off those rounds as well. So, I'm gonna go with Nathias. I think it's gonna be an exciting fight. Um, I think it's it's a great way to start off these couple of cards, to be honest with you, because he's such an intimidating champion as well. So, I think that's a, a title fight that people can really get get behind and enjoy. And um, yeah. As Chris said as well, great matchmaking. So that's the that's the first of our title fights on the the first of our cards, and we're we're really looking forward to that one. Uh, we we move further. Is that the first time we've agreed? Is that the first time we've all agreed on a uh, on a fight? It might well be. I think be. it might be. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't happen very often. If it if that's not the first time. <laughs> Especially you two as well. You two sort of disagree more more often than not. So that's true. <laughs> you you wait for this next one. <laughs> uh, on to the next one. Uh, Call me an event. Christian Duncan versus Will Curry. Uh, another middleweight fight. Chris, I'll come to you first on this one again. Okay. Well, this one was the one which people say finished controversially. Um, 
Duncan had dropped Curry um, and he is, is pounding down on him. The Curry looked to recover, looked like he was going for a double leg, and then the referee jumped in and stopped it. Now, um, the ref was Dan Murphy-Hady, who, in my mind, is one of the top referees in the world, not just in the country, but in the world. I think that guy is so, so good. Um, and if anything, I actually think that he probably gave Will Curry a little bit more time to recover um, than he would have done due to the magnitude of the fight. He had two guys who were unbeaten. I think Curry was 5-0, and Duncan was 2-0 and at the time. Um, and I think he probably gave them just that little bit extra time. But I still think it's probably the right decision to make at that point. But, you know, Curry's tough as hell. You know, there's no question about it. The guy trains under Jimmy Manoa, doesn't he? And if you've got his respect, then you've got to be proper nails. Um, but for me, Christian Duncan, he trains under one of my favourite MMA fighters of all time, Mark Wizard Weir. Um, over in Gloucester, he's a West Country boy like me as well. Um, and I think that from memory, Will Curry is a Millwall fan. So I'm going to hold up my Palace Cup here. Let's turn that around the right way and say this is one of the reasons why I'm going to go for Christian Duncan. And I think that uh, Duncan's going to. Uh, going to seal the deal and I think that it probably win by a unanimous decision. I don't think he's going to put Curry away. No, I thought you were going to go for a bold knockout call then, Chris, the way you... The way nah, you Curry, Curry's nails. As much as, much as he's, he, he could be a Millwall fan, he's still tough as hell. So uh, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll get finished. Yeah. And Katie Hunt there, a rematch. What, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, first of all, I'm really surprised to hear he's a Millwall fan. He must be the most well-spoken Millwall fan. <laughs> I think he is. I'm sure I saw it somewhere. I'm sure I saw it somewhere. Because I, I, I remember turning my eyes up going, oh, God, I, I did like you, so, but can't help. <laughs> <laughs> but like Chris says, yeah, there were a lot of people who were unhappy with the stoppage. I've watched it a few times. I can see both people's point of view on that If if you think it was... I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of people think that the fight had been stopped and Duncan had stopped holding him. That's how, or the, or stopped the onslaught. That was how Curry was able to go for the double leg. Um, and and some people don't. But I have absolutely no problem in running this back. Like I could watch this on any every trilogy card that they ever do from now on. Just an exceptional fight. Two people who I think are exceptional talents and. I've been watching Will Curry for a long, long time on all the local shows. And for me, it's good to see him have this step up and someone really testing him. And how will he cope with that adversity? And how will he cope with not being undefeated now? Like, I think he's a very special talent. So I, I see both these guys going a long, long way. And I think it's a real treat for the fans to, to get to see this, this fight again. I I find it really hard to pick against Will. I've been watching him for such a long time and I really do believe every interview he, he's told me how much belief he's got in himself and I'm really looking forward to seeing this one run back. Yeah, I, it's, it's another one. I, I know we could probably end up saying this about every fight on all three cards, but it's just another example of great matchmaking by Ian Dean, isn't it? You know, I, I, that's the last time I'm going to say that because I think at this point it kind of goes without saying but I mean as in terms of like a main and co-main event you know what, what a treat to be able to watch these guys on a on a local card it's just a shame we can't be there to watch it in person I think is the only the only regret we've got about that yeah a hundred percent um and yeah that, that takes on to our next fight then which is uh Sam Creasy versus, versus Aaron Abbey a flyweight fight I know 
Chris, you're you're quite familiar with Sam. Uh, I mean, Sam at this point is pretty much a veteran of Cage Warriors. He's been there, done it, um, been in been in the roster for a long, long time now. Uh, what, what do you see from him in this in this next fight? He's been he's been fighting well recently, hasn't he, Sam? Is this is actually his twelfth Cage Warriors belt? Um, but Sam. Sam is awesome. You know, he's an awesome human being as well as a super talented fighter as well. Um, he's he's not been put into title fights for any reason other than the fact that he's deserved it. Now, he's lost two. He lost uh, the one to Grayson. He lost the one to um, Samir Fadin as well, didn't he? Um, and I'm really hoping for Sam's sake it's the third time lucky because he, obviously he fights as a flyaway. Um, he, he's 33 years old now. So he, he's at that point where I, I think it's going to be now or never for him. And I did think the Cage Warriors were starting to look at um, potentially using him as a gatekeeper. When they chucked him up against Adam Amazinger, um, I thought that that was maybe the, the position that they're putting him in. Um, but he came through that, well, with, with a plum. We saw the way that he finished Adam. It was a um, it was a, a hell of a performance. And it was. I still don't think that that's the best Sam Creasy. Um, I've seen Sam fight for a number of years, and I still think there's, there's a whole lot more in that locker. And it's just finally getting it out. If he can just release... Like release the beast, I suppose. Just actually let let himself go um, under those lights. Then I think there's a whole lot more to be seen from Sam. And I think that potentially he could be um, pushing for that title shot next as a result of it. But you know what a story it is with with Aaron Aby though, because Aaron, you know, is, is well documented. He recovered from cancer. He had the two year spell out. Um, the the guy is so many people in MMA actually look up to him. He's he, you know, it's a good person as well as. Um, as well as a super talented fighter, before before the issues that he had, um, he was fighting on ACB. Uh, I think he had three fights on ACB. Then came back and he came back actually on the show that uh, he spent a lot of time matching for um, UKFC, uh, UKFC, yeah, UKFC uh, back in December nineteen. And he didn't give himself an easy fight. He fought against Daryl Grant, and Daryl Grant. Anyone who's seen him on the regional scene, that guy's nails. He is absolutely nails. He's super sneaky on the ground. And he hits like a locomotive as well for, for their size. So, um, you know, he came back. Uh, I think it's a draw, that fight. Um, but he's, 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 he, he, put, he just basically threw himself straight back into the fire again. Um, and I think it's a great sign for Cage Warriors actually getting Aaron, Aaron and the, uh, on the roster. It's just strengthening that division even more. But, you know, obviously, you know, like, like Katie, a lot of the time, if someone is my genuine friend, I will always support them. Um, I'm... 100% back in Sam, and it's not just because he's my friend. I still think that if Sam even if if Sam shows more of his potential, um, there's not many people who can stop him at 125. Yeah, I agree. He's a very very talented guy. And uh, Katie, I'll come to you. I know you're familiar with both Sam and Aaron. What, how do you see this fight going? Well, yeah, well, I can't really add that much more than than <laughs> what Chris said, but I would say yeah, like. Sam is part of the Cage Warriors furniture, isn't he? And I think it's really hard not to root for him. Um, as a neutral, anyway, it's hard not to root for him. I'd love to see him do well. And, and you know, like you say, if he is coming towards the end of his career, then I'd, I'd really like to see him get the win here. Yeah, definitely. Another really good fight. And, uh, Kate, I'm going to come straight away to you this time because I don't want to let Chris have all the fun and... Take, take up all the good things to say. So I'm going to come to you on this next fight. Uh, further down the card on Cage Warriors 1-2-3. And that is Liam Gittins versus Emerson Meza. 
a guy I know you're very familiar with again. Um, yeah. A, a very, very talented young guy. But well, both of them, both of them are very, very talented. To be fair, and this is a, this is actually for me. This is the sleeper fight. I think this could be, I think this could be one of the most entertaining fights of the night. To be honest. So what, what? How do you see this one going? Uh, I'm really looking fight. forward to it because Liam is always really exciting. I've been like so impressed with his career, and I felt like the last fight was kind of a little bit out of character for him. Um, it was quite wild and, and brawling and he got caught. And again, it was another stoppage that uh, he wasn't happy with, his team weren't happy with. Um, but it just the, the whole fight seemed kind of out of character for his style. So I'd expect to see a return of the, the nightmare, Liam Gittins, this, this time around. But he's up against Emra, who I have been banging on about for years. And Emra's moving to bantamweight, I see. Uh, I was really surprised in his um, fight with Aidan Stephen. Obviously, Aidan is fantastic, but Emra's wrestling is second to none. And, and the way that Aidan handled him in that fight, I think, is probably the reason that he's moving to bantamweight. But again, I'm not sure if it was an off night for him or whether that is the level and and Aiden's just that much better than him. I'm surprised by that. But he just moved teams. He's now training at GB Top Team. So um, I'm really, really interested to see how this one pans out. There's, there are two guys that I really rate and I'm, I am really looking forward to, to seeing how it goes. I've got a back Emra because um, he, <laughs> he used to be BKK fighter um, and he'll have Brad in his corner this time. But I do really love Liam as well. And just another regular that you love to see on Cage Warriors cards. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Chris, I mean, what what do you think about the, the weight drop for Emra? Do you think that's a, a, a beneficial thing or do you think it could potentially be a bit of a banana skin there? I, I think he's got quite a big frame anyway. Um, so I... I'd be interested to see how he does um, because he does have quite an explosive style as well and whether that would uh, impinge him. Um, for me, obviously, I'm going to go against Katie. I'm going to go with Liam. Um, I think that, that Liam is super talented. Emma's obviously a super talented guy um, as well. Um, but I think Liam's got the edge. Um, I, think, I think Liam's probably uh, a slightly better fighter. Um, so I could, I, And I think he's probably a little bit less wild um, than Emma. Uh, you know, obviously working with Brad is gonna is gonna round off the edges um, certainly because Brad's a superb coach, absolutely superb coach. But um, yeah, unless I think he's made some noticeable changes to to the way that he fights, I think Liam will um, Liam will win this one. Yeah, it's a great, it's another great matchup. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with Emra. Uh, I think he's gonna have enough to grind grind this one out on Liam. I think. Liam is super talented. It's very, very difficult to pick against him. But uh, I don't know why. I just got a feeling for Emma this one. So I'm, I'm going to be bagging him as well. So two They're both fortunate to train with a ton of other people, their weight around yeah. like mm -hmm. at a super high yeah. level in both gyms as well. So that must be, you know, a, a huge advantage for both of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously then... To just read out the rest of the the fights on Cage Warriors one one two three, which is coming up on Thursday evening, we've got George Smith versus Mick Stanton, another another big middleweight fight. Uh, Keir mm -hmm. Harvey versus Maniac Fan, 
Rory Evans, uh, another Welsh project uh, prospect against Wesley Meyer. Uh, another really great fight there, to be honest. With you. Like, that's good one. Meyer, I mean, war guy, and, and Rory's the kind of guy who's going to come and, and try and test him as well. So that's another big fight. Adam Cullen versus Josh Plant. George McManus versus Liam Shotball. Obviously, we've all seen Liam, uh, another very, very talented young fighter uh, in the welterweight division. And I've got two names which I, which I really struggle to pronounce here. I'm going to give my best shot there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris, do you want to do this one? No, mate. I'm, I'm enjoying you. Don't you crack on. So it is Bakhtar or Orakail versus Abdul Chowdhury. I don't know how I did on that name. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Honestly, you nailed it, I think. Apologies to apologies because if he's watching, uh, please don't beat me up next time I see you in person. (laughs) I I do have one request actually for the card. I I request that that Manny Atpan shaves this time because the number of memes that came around about all of his body hair in the last one um, that that was uh, that was just cruel. Honestly, bear in mind he's a super talented fighter, but the number of things that have gone around social media, not good. I've got I've got some uh, predictions here from Miles Painter, our our colleague out in the states. He's going with Natias Frederick via TKO in round four, uh, Sam Creasy via split decision, and Liam Gittins via KO in round three. Um, so lump on people. Yeah, lump on. If you if there's if, <laughs> if there's a betting card going, you want to you want to you're going to get some good odds on them. Yeah. Bet, bet the house if Miles tells you as well. You like exactly. Mm. Um, We're going to yeah. come on to some of these in a minute, but Fredger of MMA saying hugely looking forward to the Scandinavian invasion. We're, we'll be talking Freya. about that shortly. And Walls Aimable is a potential fight of the night on Friday. We'll, we'll be coming onto that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously on to the next card then, which is uh, Friday the 25th of June. Again, my dates mixed up there, but this is Cage Warriors 124. Uh, and yet another massive card. Uh, obviously, all these fights taking place at York Hall in London. So a great, a, a very kind of famous venue for fighting. So I'm sure Cage Warriors will love being there as well and, and putting on these events. But we've got the main card, um, top top of the shop, another title fight, a lightweight title fight in this occasion. Um, Aggie Sadari versus Joe McColgan. McColgan, a guy who's just... Another guy who's been like a part of the furniture in Cage Warriors for the last couple of years, a really, really talented person, fought for the title obviously previously and, uh, you know, get, getting his second shot at it year. So, Chris, how do you see this first one going, the the title fight for Cage Warriors 124? I love Joe McColgan. I just love that guy. Um, I first watched him fight a welterweight on Bama against Peter Queeley and he schooled him for the first two rounds and then he just sat back for the third. Uh, he's even smiling into the camera. It, and it, at that point, I think he was either one and one or two and one. Is it is he had a, a nothing record? And he, as you can see, Queenie's gone on, and Queenie is nails at the, <laughs> anyway. And he's gone on, and, and he recently beat uh, the other pitbull uh, in Bellator. Um, so for for McColgan to do what he did to someone as high level as that so early in his career shows the, the talent of this guy. Now, Joe is a, a bit older and he's, he's one of those guys who's come to MMA late. He's got a boxing background as well from his, from his striking style. And his, his striking is so crisp and so pure and it's, it's really good to watch. He did struggle when he dropped down from welter to lightweight. And I, I do feel for him because I think that he's one of those people that um, is probably 
too big for lightweight, but it's too small for welterweight. Um, if there was one of those uh, in-between, you know, boxing-style weight classes, he would absolutely tear it up. But I think he's probably, from what I've seen of him in the last couple of fights, he's, he's adjusted his frame sufficiently to actually be able to make that cut to lightweight to, to not lose um, some of the spark that he had um, when, when he carried a, a little bit more weight on him. So, yeah. Sadari, obviously, is, is, is the talented guy. Uh, Dutch guy, fourteen and two. Um, he's not a finisher, though. You know, he's one of those people. Out of his fourteen wins, seven of them have been decision, um, four subs and three TKOs. I don't so see him putting in the last one, Chris. Mm, and Desmond was a uh, was a late replacement as well, wasn't he? So um, it was it was touch and go. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to. To, to be too disparaging about um, judges because you know they're the experts that and we've got some incredibly high level judges you know, our British judges go over to the states often and, and are on the USC cast because they're that good so um, if they know a lot more than I do about it and they've obviously got a completely different view from where they are in comparison to where I am um, but I can't see so Sadara's not going to put him away I think that McColgan's going to outpoint him or he'll finish him and um, I think it's going to be McColgan's night very, very, very good prediction there. And Katie, I mean, obviously we've seen Joe do it at the highest level before. We've seen him get that title fight before and lose to Mason Jones. Obviously, you know, Mason, a, a really, really talented lightweight in himself, who's gone on to the UFC. We did see Joe kind of bounce back in his last fight and look absolutely brilliant. Do you think we're going to see more of the same Joe McColgan? Or do you think do you perhaps, know, you know, that there's that little bit of fear going into a title fight for him again? So I, I did an interview with him about this fight and... It's my favourite one that I've done this year. He was so honest and open about so many things. Like, I'd, I'd, this is one interview I'd say go back and watch um, because he he just, you know, everything he said, I was just fascinated. But one of the things that I really took away from it was he talked about this champion's mindset and the fact that he didn't think that he had it before. And how he feels like he's switched it on. And he was talking about all the things that went wrong going into fight week with Mason. And then he very honestly said, but Mason had all of the same challenges and somehow managed to turn it on and was like, well, I'm I'm the champ. I'm going to win this. And he talked about how he's kind of found that in himself. So I'm really excited to see that. And I, I kind of think back to your point, Chris, with... The fact that Aggie's probably not going to put him away, doesn't put many people away. I think this is Joe's fight to to make or break himself with. And I'm really excited to see what he can do. I've got a lot of belief in him and he seems to have a lot of belief in himself. But he he's, will, he's just saying he's going to go in there and let his fight and do the talking. But... Just a very cerebral guy, like just all the things that he was talking about in this interview were just fascinating. So yeah, he he had me just wanting to know more about Joe as well. I interviewed him years back, and he's one of the smartest guys in MMA. He is yeah. so naturally intelligent, and a real pleasure to speak to. So interesting, mm. yeah. I think as well. We, he's just kind of another. Another one of this next wave of Irish fighters coming through. I mean, in Cage Wars, we've got quite a few coming through now, all very, very good guys. And I'm sure if he does get that win, you know, when we can finally go back to shows and Cage Wars go up to Ireland again, it's going to be a, a hell of a night if we can go up there with a couple of champions, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mm-hmm. seem to have a soft spot for the Irish. I don't know what it is, but I just love them all. <laughs> yeah, some very, very talented guys. And like I said, this is going to be a great fight. That I think the lightweight division in Cage Wars is always super interesting and, and very exciting. So just another one of those fights, really. Uh, just a casual banger that we're going to have for the, the main event of Cage Wars 1-2-4. Can't wait for this one. Um, that's obviously Joe McColgan and Aggie Sidaria, a really good match up there. Coming down the card then, we've got the co-main event, which is David Bay versus Justin Burlington. And that is a welterweight fight. Chris, I, I know you wanted to speak a little bit about this one, didn't you? What, what's your thoughts on this fight, buddy? Justin Burlington is one of those guys that flies completely under the radar and is so frustrating because he is technically astounding. He is so, so good. It doesn't matter where you put him. It doesn't matter what situation you put him in. He can, he's like zombie-like under pressure. He just doesn't, nothing fades him whatsoever. And he's still just, a, well, he's, he's a young man now. He's, he's 24 years old. But I've watched him for, for years. And he is just, his striking is on point. His wrestling's on point. His, his ground game is, is beautiful to watch. He's just slick. He's, he's super, super talented. And if he wasn't so introverted in himself... I'm sure he'd be an absolutely massive star. I was amazed that Bellator let him go. Absolutely amazed because um, if they want people who are the very best of the best, he's certainly got the potential to be it. Um, you know, he comes from a really strong gym, the Fish Tank up, uh, up in the Northeast under um, Andy Fisher. And those guys just produce talented guy after talented guy after talented guy. And Andy Fisher's just a really decent bloke as well who really cares about his fighters. Um, it's just... <sighs> I think his, his, his actual win streak, if you include the amateurs, is 20 fights. The only person he's lost to in his entire career is Adam Proctor. Now, Adam Proctor is an absolute demon himself as well. So, you know, Berlinson, if Berlinson displayed even 10% of his in-cage ability externally in interviews, Berlinson could be one of the major stars to come out of Europe in global MMA. So if you are watching this, Justin, please just come out yourself, mate, because you are so talented. And it's not just what you do in the cage. It's prize fighting. It's what you do outside of the cage as well. Um, you know, obviously, David Bear, I've just banged on about Bernison. David Bear, um, you know, he's 9-1, 30-year-old French guy. Um, he's, he's got a good record. Um, he, he beat um, Nathan Jones, uh, who I'm representing here tonight. Um yeah, by unanimous decision on, on Cage Warriors 113 um, last March. Um, it, I look back through his record, actually, and he's actually got a win over David Gallon in 2012. Uh, and David Gallon's one of the um, one of the, the best French fighters about. David Gallon's a guy who did that spinning thunder, thunder crazy thunder. motherfucker kick, yeah, against uh, Ross Pearson um, on MTK to, to, to end Ross Pearson's career, actually. So, um, you know, Bear's obviously got quality, but Burlington, to me, is one of those people who's... The only thing which should stop Justin Burlington is Justin Burlington. And if there's an apocalypse, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near Justin Burlington because he'd be one of those people who'd be running one of those death teams or something because he's scary, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, I've interviewed Justin after, I think it was Bellator in London. He's a, a really nice, really down-to-earth guy as well. I, I know you said about him coming out of the shell, but I think, I think some people, they are just generally kind of... you know, They're introverted. That's, that's the way Justin seems to me. But like you said, when he gets in the cage, it's a different story. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to this one. And one thing that surprised me that you said there, Chris, that he's only 24. I I, I, mm. I thought he was a little bit older than I. i got to be honest. I know uh, I've heard, I've seen him obviously fight El Bellator and I've heard about him for a little while. But 
I, I really did expect him to be older. So, I mean, when, when you say that, it shows kind of how how much time and how much room to manoeuvre this guy has. But, uh, yeah, 24 was very, very young. So, I mean, mm. that's, a, that's a good thing, that he is where he is now. And Katie, what, what's your take on this fight? David Bader and Burlington? Out of everyone, I just hope these two make it to the cage because Justin's been so bloody unlucky the last few years, really. Like, he was supposed to fight Conrad Iwanowski at Probellum and Conrad pulled out. He got a replacement fighter and then the card fell apart because of COVID restrictions. Then he was supposed to fight Bobby Pallet on Bellator and he himself tested positive for COVID. And then he was on the last Cage Warriors trilogy card and Bellator said, hang on a minute, you're still under contract to us. So he wasn't allowed to fight. So hopefully this fight is going ahead because I know he's been absolutely heartbroken over and over at these fights falling through. And I, I say it all the time, but I think, like mentally, the just the mental side of fighting is tougher than a lot of the fights that you have in the cage. And um, I'm sure that he's come through it, you know, stronger than ever, but he must be absolutely desperate to get back in there. I think it's June 2019 since he, he last fought. So, Long time. Um, yeah, I'm definitely back in Burlington. Um, I imagine that Bear will want to take him to the ground and smother him. Um not just because of his name, but because of the last <laughs> performance against Nathan Jones. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm going Burlington on this one. Chris, I it's a great original nickname as well, though, isn't it? <laughs> David <laughs> the Bear. I want to ask you, Chris, obviously touching on what Katie said there about the contract mm. issues with Bellator with Burlington. Do you know much about that mm. and what, what would have kind of gone on behind the scenes with that? Um, I'd imagine. No, I don't know for a fact. I'm only imagining on on what I've what I was dealing with before. Um, I imagine he was on a fixed term contract, and the fixed term contract was either a certain amount of fights or um, a period of time. And if the fights weren't satisfied during that period of time, then um, the promotion has the opportunity to extend the fight uh, to extend your contract. If it's not unique to Bellator, you're going to get the same in the UFC. You get the same in Cage Warriors. You used to get the same in Bama. Any major organisation will protect themselves in that respect. Um, so they want to tie up the best uh, talent that's about. They want to make sure that their competitors don't get the opportunity to uh, to, to build and create the, the, the best talent about. So um, I can understand Bellator's position with that. If you're still contracted, if you sign the contract, you've got to stick with it. As, as Chel, um, Chel Sonnen always says, you know, you, it's your choice to put pen to paper. Um, but, you know, Burleson's young. He's, uh, the contract's finished. Um, either he wasn't offered another contract to Bellator or um, he decided that he didn't want to uh, continue with Bellator. Um, there generally is a cool enough period afterwards, but yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm glad to see that he's out if he's not going to compete in, in Bellator and actually gets the opportunity to come into Cage Warriors and, and showcase the amazing talent that he's got. Yeah, definitely. Really looking forward to that fight and really looking forward to seeing uh, Justin get in there. So, yeah, can't wait to see that one. Um, and then Katie, I'm going to come straight back to you for this one because this is a this is another fight that is, has got a, a fight of the night written all over it, and that is Brian Boland versus Nathan Fletcher. Obviously, Nathan uh, is one of those guys who came out of the amateurs with Cage Warriors and did the amateur Grand Prix. He won it. He's been on an absolute tear throughout the division ever since. Trains obviously up in Liverpool with Paddy Pimlet, and uh, I mean, 
talk about this guy, he really is something else. And I mean, you know, that's not a takeaway from Brienne as well, because he's, you know, he's been in cage wars for a while and he's got some great wins under his belt. So what, what do you make of this fight? Well, Nathan Fletcher is obviously Liam Gittin's teammate uh, who Boulan beat last time out. So he's obviously there for revenge. But going back to that point I said about them, like having really high level competition in the gym around their weights and, and how good that is for them. And you can see how much Nathan's come on and we've had him fight on Cage Wars Academy Southeast shows. He, he fought my teammate last time out um he he just looks sensational and he's making such big strides just in between every fight that he's just improving so much and like you say Boulan's a top level fighter but I I I think this is a good test of the level that Fletcher's at and I I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls it off here you think so you're going for Fletcher yeah I am going to go for Fletcher, yeah. Katie Hunter back in the MMA UK. People, you wouldn't expect that, would you, Chris? <laughs> nah, and you know what? This is something you won't expect. I'm actually going to agree with her. Um, oh, yeah, I think... twice in one night. Are you feeling like I know, right? <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? <laughs> it's like hell's frozen over. But now Fletcher's super talented. Um, I think what's going to happen is uh, he's probably going to weather a bit of a storm from Buland. Yeah. But um, as soon as he gets his hands on him, that's... I think it's pretty much game over as soon as he gets his hands on anyone. He's got this bear-like strength. He should be called the bear, I think. Because um, as soon as he gets he gets hold of you, he drags you down, and then it's you're in his world then, and it's not a very nice world to be in. So um, I think he's probably going to finish. Uh, I would, you know, what? I'm going to do a miles actually. I'm going to say second round submission. Fair play. That's a, that's, that's a bold prediction. There. And do you know what? I don't think it's un un sort of charted either because. You know, Brian, as, as much as he's got those power in his hands, he has suffered against really good grapplers in the past. Yeah. Um, so I think matchup-wise, like you say, if if Nathan can get his hands on him, this this could it could be a difficult night for him. So for that reason, I think yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Chris, and, and you, Katie, as well. I think a a submission for Nathan could be on the cards if uh, if it goes his way. I mean that that being said, you know what. Brian lands one of them punches and it could be over, but you know I've I've got. That's to true. I've got a feeling for Nathan for this one, and like I said, he's on. He's got so much momentum on his side at the moment as well. Coming right the way through you know, from the amateurs with Cage Warriors, being in such a great camp, I, I really think he's got where it takes for this one. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this this fight. So that's that's another another great matchmaking by Ian Dean. I said I wasn't going to say it, but I said it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miles is disagreeing with us on that one. He's going with Brian Bull and TKO in round three. Okay. But that's a, that's not a bad shout though. A TKO in round three, you know, if he's had a a couple of a couple of bad rounds and he comes out swinging, you never know. You never know. The Energized Show says buzzing for the trilogy and keep up the great work, Katie. I don't know what you two are doing. <laughs> thanks, thanks Energized. So there's there's three of us here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice to feel thanks. loved. Thank you guys. <laughs> Um, next fight then, Harry Hardwick versus Gene Endoy, yeah, or John Endoy. Chris, thoughts on this one? Um, for me, I think it's Harry Hardwick, to be quite honest. Um, Hardwick, he's, you see him in, in the cage, you've seen him in the cage against some super talented guys. You look at his resume, um, 
it's very difficult to look past him. You know, he's got wins over Nathan Rose, got a win over Cameron Hardy, who we're going to talk about probably in a minute. Um, he's he's just a tough little sod. So um, as much as John Endoy is uh, is is a crowd pleaser, I think that Harry Hardwick's going to run through it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Katie, Katie, any any thoughts on that one? Um, obviously, Endoy knocked out a friend of mine last time so uh yeah i'm hoping he's gonna lose i can't i can't argue with that um on to the next fight then it's alexi mandavicki versus Madars Flamenas. Uh, Katie, what, what's your thoughts on this fight? Oh, Chris has done a ton of research on this one. It's funny because I, I was thinking in the last one, I was thinking, I'm not a huge amount of this. Obviously, I know the guys and I've watched Harry Hardwick a few times. So I was thinking, please go to Katie first and you just threw me <laughs> under the bus. So, um, yeah. I told, I told uh, you we were reading it a little bit, Chris. You know, that's, that's the beauty of a live show, you know. Well, the Latvian versus the Finn on this one. Um, so this is Flemenas' sixth fight on Cage Warriors. Um, two wins, three losses so far. Uh, he had a good win over Mick Stanton, actually, in Cage Warriors 118. Um, his last outing was Jack Grant in March, but he lost by Anaconda Choke, which is one of those things which is becoming quite sexy in, uh, in MMA at the moment. There's one on Bellator recently. Um, Aiden Lee got beaten by uh, Aaron Pico, didn't he? Um, Pico just went for it over and over again. And, you know, Aiden Lee is a demon on the ground as well. So for Pico to do that shows just just how, how much he's come on as a fighter. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about the Latvian Express versus uh, versus versus the Finn, uh, Alexei Montevicchi. Um, so Alexei was last on Cage Warriors uh, back in September 2019. We lost to Mason Jones. Uh, unanimous decision, actually, which surprised me when I looked at that. Because uh, I didn't know anything about this guy at all, but um, that was his last fight. Because um, obviously, being Finnish, the Finns have had really strict COVID rules. Um, the the Finns out of well, fin Finland isn't actually Scandinavia. There's some there's a bit of information for you, um, but out of the Nordic countries, the Finns have been the strictest of, of them all, with um, with really really strong restrictions over movement and gatherings and stuff, which is why they've had quite low low deaths with COVID. Um, he is, he's been out of the cage for a couple of years, well, 18 months now. Um, you know, you look back through his record, he had a, a loss to Jack Grant on Cage Warriors as well um, back in 2018. A couple of fights on Cage, which is a really good show out in Helsinki, uh, run by uh, a, a guy called uh, Yuka, whose surname I can't pronounce. Um, he's a friend of my friend James Price's. So, um, but Cage always, you know, if you if you're interested in watching any any regional shows, Cage is one certainly to have a look at. Because they always have some top-level matchups across that region. So, on paper, I think he looks like somebody who has struggled to a degree in the Cage Warriors uh, at the Cage Warriors level. Um, but then, so equally so as so as Maddows as well, um, with his two and three record in his five fights on Cage Warriors. So, it will be an interesting one to watch. I'm actually going to back uh, back Alexi. Um, just the the fights that I've seen of each from I've watched them. A bit of footage on both of them. I think that Alexi's probably just got the edge on on Madaz. Um, but it's not one of those ones where I have watched their entire careers or um, I've been massively invested, if I'm brutally honest, in either of the guys. 
Um, so just purely uh, out of the research I've done today, I am going uh, for Finland over Latvia. Have you got a prediction for this one? Well, I definitely don't know the Finns at all. Um, and I'm going to go with Madoff just to, so that we can get back into disagreeing with each other, Chris. <laughs> there we go. Did you call him Madoff then? It was like your yes. Essex accent. Madoff. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm not going to make a prediction for this one. I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain firmly on the fence for this fight. Oh, that's just so lame, Lewis. Yeah, Honestly. Sorry, guys. But, <laughs> but what I do want to talk about is the undercard on this uh, soul it card. It is insane. It's so do, good, this undercard. Yeah. Do you know what? This undercard could be like a main a main card for any other promotion 100%. or any other Cage Warriors card. I'm going to just read the fights off before we yeah. speak about the individual ones because obviously you've got you've got a great main card, but this is an, in, an incredible undercard. You've got Nicholas LeBlanc versus Luke Shanks, uh, George Hardwick versus Dean Truman, Jesse Erlein versus Aaron Khalid. Uh, Dominic Wooden versus Cameron Hardy, Dylan Hazan versus Josh Reed, Edward Walls versus Steve Mabel, Josh Barton versus Ben Ellis. I mean, those are some absolutely massive names. Former, yeah. cha- I mean, a handful of former champions, all all crazy talented. I mean, it's it's an absolute madness of an undercard. I I don't know how this is how this undercard has come together, but I mean, it really is quite something. Uh, first fight, obviously, I I want to give a mention is. Uh, ben Ellis obviously took a last a loss last time out, but you know a very very talented guy. And he's going to be facing Jordan Barton, who's another tough competitor. So look forward to seeing both of those guys back in there. But obviously, Katie, I'm going to come to come to you for this one first. The next second fight of the night. I mean, it's crazy to think that you know this is the second fight of the night. But Edward Walls versus Steve Imbolc. Steve is an absolute you know stalwart in the Cage Warriors division at this point. I mean. Been there, done it, fought, fought the who's who of, of cage wise over the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, what what do you think to be seeing Steve get back in there again? And obviously, how do you see this fight going with him and Edward? I think he's got a point to prove massively from some of the posts that I've I've seen. I, it, it seems like he maybe feels a bit disrespected by maybe not even cage warriors, but a lot of the hype around the fact who Jordan's going to fight and defend against. And, you know, there's a lot of names thrown out there with Paul Hughes and Morgan. And I think Steve thinks that his fight with him was really razor close as well. And he's just fallen out of the conversation and he's not entirely sure why. Like he got a knockout in his last fight. He obviously broke his arm and and couldn't fight on the last trilogy. But... um, he's sat one out in God knows how many and it feels like people have stopped talking about him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a massive point to prove and I don't think he's, you know, he's welcoming this guy to Cage Warriors. Is he being treated like a gatekeeper? I, I think he's a little bit pissed off. Yeah. Um, that maybe is just pure speculation on my part, but that that's the impression that, that I've been getting. So... I wouldn't be surprised if we see something special. And he's never in a bad fight, ever. Yeah. Like, he, he's always in exciting fights. And I know he's my teammate, so I always say it's not the same. <laughs> but for, for me, the last trilogy without him on it, it's just not the same when he's not on it. Yeah, no, he's he, he's an amazing fighter, an amazing person as well, Steve. He's a real gentleman of a person. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to seeing him back in there. But Chris, I mean... Touching on what Katie said there, do you think 
Steve has become kind of a, a gatekeeper for our division at this point by by Cage Warriors. Uh, it's, it's difficult, really, because you do need certain people to fulfil certain certain roles when their record is the way it is. Um, and if you do have, um, you, you, you do you are a little bit patchy with your record. And I'm not saying it's patchy because he's not good. It's patchy because he's fighting top level opponents. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's not he is patchy himself. It's just on paper it shows you, know, you see win loss win loss. Um, if you're fighting against the best, that's it's invariably going to happen anyway. But in terms of what Katie said, I think he's he's a brilliant fighter. He's super super talented and he is so tough and he's just durable as well. It doesn't matter what you hit him with; it just doesn't drop him at all. So um, I hope he does come in really pissed off. I hope he comes in angry and I hope he puts his guy away. I'd love to see Steve Amel come back and do what we know that Steve Amel can do. So, yeah, I'm backing him. Yeah, definitely. And same for me as well, Steve. He's a he's a fan favourite for everybody, I think, in the Cage Warriors mm. uh, fan base. So definitely going to back Steve. Katie, you, you didn't give a prediction for this fight. You said, or are you just going with something special from Steve? Yeah, I, d- I think he's going to want the finish. Um, so yeah, I'm, um, I don't know what round, but yeah, I, I think he's going to get the stoppage. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, Katie, because I know obviously you're a big Steve fan, but I mean, with, with Steve now, sort of the record he's got, the age he's at, what, what do you see being left for Steve in his career now? Do you think it's, it is him kind of building up and continuing to try and get a cage war his belt, maybe move on to the UFC, or is it kind of just fighting for himself at the moment? What, what do you think is kind of the next couple of years for Steve in fighting? Well then, I guess the next couple of years will will prove everything whether that mm. that happens or not. But I will say I was um, pleased to see that he's pissed off at, at, at kind of being disrespected because that means that he's still hungry and he's he he's still keen to to make it to the top. Like that he's married and he's got a baby and he's got a job, so. He's he, this still is super important for him, and he's annoyed at being left out of that title conversation. So I I would say that you know he's still hungry as hell for that. I don't I don't think he'll be walking away without giving it a really another really good try. Yeah, we look we look forward to seeing him get back. He's been unlucky with a couple of decisions as well that I mm. think were razor close. Um, the Perry Goodwin one. I've, I thought that he, he did enough. Um, and, you know, it only takes a couple like that. And, and you're but the Jordan fight, when, yeah. The, the Jordan fight was razor close. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. But, yeah, I, I think he believes he's still up there with the best and is the best. Yeah. And we've got an, another Cage Warriors legend uh, on the we've fight got, about that. Sorry. Go on, go on. Sorry, Lewis, just before we move on, uh, we've got... I'm um, in Gavana, Jürgen Havberg. Hey, Jürgen, how are they? He says, don't underestimate Wolves. He's going to make Aimable be on his best to survive. Um, insight there. And and again, I'll go back to Freya, sorry, MMA, uh, Wolves Aimable, potential fight of the night. And I definitely agree with that. Yeah, two... Two, two great fighters and uh, you know we've we got another Cage Warriors legend coming up on the one after that, Josh Reed the crazy horse, I know he's another one of your favourites Katie Hunter isn't he uh, obviously a guy who's fought for the title who's been in some absolute wars in Cage Warriors he's fighting Dylan Hazan uh, you look forward to seeing the crazy horse get back in there? Oh I love him I absolutely <laughs> love him 
he's the number one cage warriors is not the same without him when he had that little break i was worried he wasn't coming back so uh yeah it's what a proper cut like i just think ian dean must have realized he had plans later on in the evening so he went <laughs> Actually, let's just chuck everyone on the undercard and then I can yeah. go out. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't, yes. It's a crazy <laughs> undercard. I've said it before, but it's like, this is an incredible undercard. I mean, this this is one of those ones you don't want to come in late and just see the, the main card. You, you want to be there for all of these ones. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you've got Aaron Khalid fighting. Obviously, Aaron was very close to a title fight, I'd say, only a couple of months ago before their last loss. He's going to be fighting. Uh, you've got Dean Truman, a former champion, is going to be fight, fighting George Hardwick. Uh, Chris, are you looking forward to seeing Dean back in there? Yeah, I love watching Dean Truman. He's, I love his swagger. That guy has just, he's got confidence for days, hasn't he? And he is so talented. Like I said, he's a former champion, so it's fun to watch. Um, it amazed me when I saw him on the undercard, to be really honest. But I, I hope he comes back with a bang, actually. I like Dean Truman. Yeah. And then another former champion then, Luke Shanks is going to be facing Nicholas LeBlanc. But I know you want to speak a little bit about this one, Chris, because two amazing fighters coming in on an undercard. What, what do you think of this matchup? It's nuts. Um, I really, really hope, because I've, I've, I've known Luke for years. Um, he, he was based in Northampton and trained at BST, where, where I get beaten up by youngsters when I go to my Muay Thai classes. And um, I've watched Luke develop as a, as a young man, essentially, as well as a, an athlete. And they moved up to a higher level in Scotland and, and he's, uh, he's settled in Scotland for the last couple of years. And it's done in, he, you know, BST, you can see BST, they've had people like Modesto's come through, Jordan Vucelic is there as well. Um, and they've got an entire raft of youngsters who are coming up and through who are 16, 17, 18, um, who are ridiculously good. So, you know, it's a, it's a high level gym. Um, but I think that probably moving to higher levels, given Luke even greater in, um, introspection as well. And I think that he's, um, certainly excelled um, by being up there with, with the Scottish guys. And if Luke can control himself, there's nothing stopping Luke. Because Luke in his last fight against Jake, um, he tried the same thing at the start of every round. It's like Groundhog Day. He came out, he got double leg, got taken down, and then he got ground out for a round. And, um, you know, he came out quite desperate at the end. Of, I think it was the fifth he tried to fly me at the start of the round. Yeah. Uh, and Jake Hadley is a super smart fighter. Um, so he, he knew that he'd have to be desperate to come out and try and do something. He comes from a very good team as well, Jake. Um, so he was ready for it. And it was just the same again. Um, if Luke follows the game plan, which is going to be set for him, um, I see it being a very bad night for Nicholas Lebron. Yeah, Katie, anything to add to that one? No, that would be my prediction for that fight as well. I just think he's just slightly higher level and, and more well-rounded at the moment. Yeah, another great fight. Like you, said, you, can't, you can't believe that that is on the undercard, but there we <laughs> no. go. I think it just says the strength of, of Cage Warriors at the minute that that's, that's what they're putting out. So, yeah, fair, fair play. We'll look, we'll look forward to that one. That's the Friday card, obviously. Um, well, before we go on from the Friday card, you've missed an undercard fight, which for me might actually be one of the fights of the entire trilogy. Go on, sorry, Chris. Dominic, Dominic Wooden versus Cameron Party Hardy. All right, I was meant that, to say wasn't I? <laughs> that fight, honestly, that fight is an absolute sleeper because Dominic Wooden, even though you look at him on paper, he's six and four, um, and he's lost three of his last four fights. And he's just been dropped by Bellator as well, as a result. I think he went one and two in Bellator. But he's 24 years old. Um, he's just, uh, well, Kate, if you talk about his training, because you know, you know better than I do on that. 
Um, you know, it, but in terms of skill set, he is so, so skillful. The only thing that seems to let Dominic Wooden down is if it doesn't go his way, it kind of gets frustrated. And if, when he gets frustrated, he, he doesn't seem to follow the, the, the plan that he has. But when, when things do go his way and when he can actually excel and show himself, he just picks people apart. He's scarily, scarily good. And then you've got him up against Cam Hardy. Um, now, Cam Hardy, I've watched all the way through his career. This guy is, you look at him and he's a right pretty little bastard, right? <laughs> he's such a handsome little sod. And to top it off as well, he's one of the nicest people you will ever meet. He is just so genuinely nice and friendly. There isn't a bad bone in his body. Yeah, you put him in the cage and he's a killer. Um, he, he was well-schooled under Brian Adams and Gareth Johnson down at Jimmo, one when he was in the Navy. He moved back up to the Northeast after he left the Navy, and he's been working with Alex Enland, uh, SPG and Bishops Auckland. So SPG have got this great little setup where they're bouncing people around from gym to gym um, uh, around the, the, the separate franchises. And it works so well. Um, and Cam has just, he, he's just got dynamism for days. That, the guy is just super, super, super good. So watching him against Don Wooding, that could be a, that could be a main event for ninety five percent of the shows across the continent. That's how good a fight it is. Yeah, it's sitting in the middle of the undercard in the middle day of the Cage Warriors trilogy. Yeah, and Lewis left it out. And Lewis left it out. And Lewis left it out. <laughs> well, neither of them are Welsh, are they? So. <laughs> There's just too many good. There's just too many good fights on that card, and also. My excuse for missing those guys out, apologies to those guys if they're watching, is that I was just so excited to get onto the main event of the next card. That's that's why I have my eyes on. Sorry, Chris. You know, I, I, I got, I got a good excuse. You got to give me that one. I got a good excuse. And hundred percent. That is a crap. Can we just say as well that uh, Cameron has been out in Vegas with Davy Guan, uh, I think. So oh, yeah. uh, I just mm. want to give a shout out to Davy Guan for his performance at the oh, weekend. Gotcha. Another performance bonus. Um, absolutely sensational. So sorry. Totally he can buy the entire north. He can buy the entire northeast with his win bonuses. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to be rolling deep now. Surely he that's really a young phrase for you, Lewis. He, re he really is tough, isn't he? And uh, how, mm. how good is Cheeto Vera as well? I mean, that guy looks better every time I see him. I think. Yeah, they do. it was a, what a, what a superb fight. Just amazing. Yeah. Fair play. Big shout out to all those guys. And uh, yeah, that, that, if it's okay with you, Chris, I'll, I'll move on now. Please stay, Lewis. Please stay. <laughs> there you go. So the, 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 next, the next card, obviously, Saturday, 26th of June. Uh, again, York Hall, London. And uh, we've got the main card here, a welterweight title fight. I think, I think this is the showpiece of the whole trilogy this time. We always have one fight that really kind of, as, as many, as, as though there are great fights in all the, all the cards. Yeah. There's always one that really stands out, and I think this is that fight. Um, Jack Grant versus Ian Garia, an absolutely incredible matchup. I think everybody's really excited for this one. Katie, I know, I know you know both these guys quite well. I'll come to you for this one. First of all, what, what's your thoughts on the matchup, and how do you see the fight going? I, d I think you're right. I'm this. I'm so 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 excited for this fight, and I think it was built for these two guys to to get to the final and I don't think anyone was surprised but I will say what I was surprised about and I said it to him as well to, to Ian Gary when we spoke this week I was surprised how easily he dispatched of a UFC vet a guy who'd only lost two fights 
both decisions in the UFC to good guys with with good records and he just made it look so effortless like he was fighting on his feints every jab was landing he seemed to find his range instantly he was taking his time when he had back control he was just there was even a time where he slipped and it was the only time that Rostam had any control in the, the whole of the match and he just looked completely in control and just everything was at his own pace. And in the second round, he was just, his movement was sublime, just it's the best I've ever seen it. And the timing of that knee was just superb and you would just never know that that guy was UFC level because he just didn't make him look it and then you've got Jack Grant who also looked absolutely sensational in his last fight and and got that submission and the one thing I will say is people seem to think if it goes to the ground that Jack is going to be able to pull out a submission and I think people might be underrating Ian's ground game because we haven't seen a lot of it But he trains with some seriously good jiu-jitsu guys, some seriously high-level guys, and I, I can't see that he won't be used to that and he won't be expecting that. So I I think it's going to be an absolutely epic fight. I definitely don't think that either of them are going to get it all their own way at all. But it's it's hard for me to to pick against Ian Gary. I'm sorry. I absolutely love you, Jack. (laughs) If you're watching, I'm really sorry, but I kind of feel like this whole, the last two trilogies have been built for for Ian Gary, but Jack could spoil the party. Of course he could. Yeah, definitely. And you are, Katie, I'm actually with you on this one. I'm I'm going to butt in before Chris because... I think Ian Gary's really got that something. He's got that X factor about him at the moment. He has, yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a huge Jack Grant fan, but I just think the size, the striking ability. I think if it comes to the floor, I think Ian is is going to have the answers. I think he's positionally very strong from certain certain areas that he can put himself in. Um, and yeah, I, to be honest with you, I'm I'm going to go bold, and I think it's going to be a finish for Ian Gary in under three rounds. I think I'm I as much as I love Jack Grant. I just think Ian's on, he's got that momentum at the moment. He's got that X factor. And, you know, I, I really do see this guy eating it up and, and climbing quite high in the UFC over the next couple of months and years, to be honest with you. I, yeah, I don't he you knows it too. Yeah. He, <laughs> he says, I'm media gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I love that. I love that. Yeah. But I'm going to go against him. So... <laughs> No, and do you know what? I'm, it's a real, it's, it's, it's paper thin. Um, I think both of them are super talented. Both of them are dynamic. I think that Gary's probably the better striker from range. I think that Grant um, is probably better striking up close. Um, his, his dirty boxing and his, his um, choice of strikes um, is super exciting to watch. Um, I think when it comes to wrestling and grappling, there's virtually bugger all between the pair of them. Um, I think that probably it's, Ian is still the future. He's not quite the present yet. He's only 23. He's still very young. Um, and I don't think it'd be bad for him to lose this fight. Uh, I think that potentially if he was, if he's to win this fight, he could take the step up to the, cause he is media gold. 
they could take up the step up to, to the global level a little bit too early. And it would probably do them the power of good just to have a few more on the continental scene, um, just to acclimatise himself and grow into his, his frame. At 23, he's still not a fully grown man. He's, he's still growing into your frame until you're 25. So um, a couple more years of fighting the high-level opponents, the cage warriors he's put in front of him, would probably be um, beneficial for him before he steps up. And then he can be the global superstar that he's absolutely destined to be. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, Jack's 29. Um, he, like Sam Creasy, he's been the bridesmaid a couple of times. And I think it's about time that, I don't want to say that he's going to be the bride, but that's kind of what I'm implying here. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's his time. Um, I think he... He's always had all the components, but he's fallen short at the last hurdle. And I would love for him to actually achieve that um, at this point in his career. Um, certainly, I don't think it's going to be a demolition on, on either side. I think it'll probably go to a, a race within decision at the end. Um, but I'd like Grant to get it and maybe them to have a little bit of a war back and forth. You know, the trilogy within the trilogy would be good for all the fans to watch because this is one of those fights that I could probably watch forever. Yeah. Do you... Do you, how do you feel about um, Jack Grant up at welterweight, uh, Chris? I think it suits him. I think it suits his frame. Um, you, you don't have it. He's it, quite a tall guy, anyway. He's what six one. Um, and whilst he hasn't got that huge bulk on him, and um, he does naturally have quite a big frame on him, so. Um, it allows him to move in the way that he likes to move. It gives him that freedom, um, and I think it's suitable for him. So, yeah, sometimes it is it is a a, a, um, a disadvantage fighting against bigger guys, um, but it depends on the style of fighter that you are, and if you are somebody who is has the potential to be dynamic. And I've seen Jack Ryan earlier on in his career be very dynamic. Um, then I think it could it could actually be a benefit to him. There we go. That is the, the penultimate fight of the whole of the Cage Warriors trilogy there on uh, Cage Warriors 125. Jack Rampersey and Gary for the welterweight strap. Uh, I think everyone's looking forward to that one. So, yeah, we'll have to change his name to his name from Skinner Power. <laughs> there we go. Keep the comments coming, Frisia. We appreciate it. Um, and yeah, that takes us on to obviously the next fight, the co main event for this card. Uh, Medi Ben Lakdar versus Paul Redmond. Katie, do you want me to come to this one on you first? What What do you think of this fight? Oh, I'm buzzing for this one. I <laughs> I think this is absolute gold. We said we're not going to say it again, so we won't praise the matchmaking. But I'll say it is a great matchmaking. <laughs> Absolutely great matchmaking. It really is. Medi is like a violent, violent man. Of of seen him destroy people that draw that we spoke about earlier was against joe mccolgan it was one of the fights of the year it was Crazy absolutely fight, it? sensational so that's the level he's at then you've got paul redmond you know i love the irish boys <laughs> he's full everywhere ufc vet bellator vet ksw where else did we say chris he's, he's full everywhere Bama as well as cage warriors yeah Bama. literally the, the who's who across um, the global and Europe and Western European scene. So what an amazing test for for Medi. And I keep coming back to why Paul Redmond would fight for Cage Warriors. And it's obviously not for the money. No, no offense to to them. But it, so, is he really hungry to go on another run to get back to the UFC? Maybe like that's 
when people fight for cage warriors to me they want to be in that shop window so if we've got a really hungry paul redmond against a super violent almost evil medi ben Lacta, like to me that has all the hallmarks of an absolutely epic fight chris what's your, what's your take on this one well i'm surprised the bellator let uh, red to go actually and um, she's two and one in the organization um, and I think Katie's right. He, he must be looking. I think Bellator have actually, from what I can see, from what they've done, they appear to be scaling back quite a lot uh, across their European, um, the European arm, um, and, and focusing more on bringing the talent that they've developed in the European arm into the the US um, card, and kind of getting rid of people who haven't set the world alight. Now it was two and one, and, and as Katie said, actress, like Franz mm, Malambo, even people who've yeah. done really well. Hmm. So, um, you know, he's 15 and 8. He's a, he's a talented guy. I certainly think that he, he would have a place on um, on, a, on a global promotion. But their Bellator's loss is, is basically Cage Warriors' gain, and it's, it's our gain as well. And um, I think Reds is going to have to be a very smart fighter because he's going to take a lot of damage from a very, very violent man. Um, the only the way he's, he's not going to beat him on the feet if he stays on the feet then it's just going to end up with a lot of irish blood on the canvas but um it, you know he's, he's going to need to take him down but how he's going to close that distance on someone who is just so explosive and so dynamic and so fluid in their movement i really don't know um i think it's going to be um uh, another french victory in that one who are you going for, Kate? You, I don't know if you made a prediction, did you? I don't think I did. I've got to go with the Irish guy, haven't I? <laughs> I've got to go with Red You are such a chicken. <laughs> I'm going to go with Mary for this one. I'm going to go with Mary. I think uh, he's, he's just so excited to watch. He's he's one of those guys. He's a fan favourite, so I'm Mary on this one. I, I can see what Katie's saying, though, about you know, Paul coming back to the cage, whereas obviously there's, there's got to be some hunger for him. And, I mean, I wouldn't imagine he's going to be getting paid millions at Cage Warriors either. So he's he's got some sort of motivation to do it, and that's going to make this a great fight. But for me, I do think uh, I think I think Mary's going to get this one done. I, I, what what's Frieza saying here, Katie? If you want to read this one up to us, he's saying sources say Bellator's releasing a lot of the European fighters due to them not being able to compete, no Euro events, and difficult on visas. Hopefully, when they open, they can re-sign. There's yeah. another one of yours, Freya, that I'm I'm saving for when we get onto a certain fight. So I'm I'm not uh, filtering your comments. I'm just <laughs> waiting for the right moment. <laughs> yeah. So we got we'll keep going down the card. Then we've got Kent uh, Cotman versus Justin Moore. That one's off. That's off, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. So okay, so that's that's still on the card. So Cage Warriors, you uh, get that one altered. Um, we've then got one. I think Chris wanted to talk about this one. William Gomez versus Tobias Harilla. Um, that's in the featherweight division. What, what's your thoughts on this one, buddy? Well, as you know, I'm uh, I'm quite partial to um, Swedish MMA and have been for a number of years. Um, I don't think there are enough superlatives for me to give uh, to Bias Haria. Um, Bad Intentions is just the perfect nickname for him because that guy is an evil little bastard as well. We said it about Medi Ben Lacta, but Tobias is truly one scary individual. He goes in to hurt people and hurt people badly. And that's exactly what you need to do in this sport. You know, you're not in there for fun. It's, you can't play MMA, as people say, across uh, social media all the time. And he certainly doesn't play the game. He doesn't get paid by the minute. He goes in and he 
destroys people very quickly. And he saw it in his Cage Warriors debut against an incredibly high-level fighter in Aiden Stephen. Um, you know, Aiden knew full well if he stayed on his feet with Tobias, then it was not going to be a good night. Aiden went to take him down, ended up in a bad position, and Tobias landed a couple of shots and they hurt. You know, and Aiden's been hit by some big tough guys and he's trained with some big tough guys. And for, for Tobias to do that at Featherweight, you know that he hits like an absolute steam train as well. So, um, you know, the great thing about this guy is that if people across the, the Nordic region, they've known about him for a number of years as well. Um, you know, his only loss uh, as, a, as a pro, because he's nine and one, was to a guy who's already beaten actually, uh, Kenneth Evanson, who fights out of Frontline Academy in Oslo. Um, and Kenneth caught him in a rear naked choke. And it's one of those ones where Tobias made a mistake and Kenneth, um, he capitalised on it and he got the victory. And you can see that Tobias just doesn't want to, to allow that to happen again. Um, he, he was actually involved in one of the, the, the best fights that I've ever seen in European MMA on Superior Challenge last year. Um, he fought against uh, Adam Westland and it went to a split decision in the end. Um, but if you can watch that, I'm sure that it's actually available to, to watch for free as well. Now, Superior is a great show as well, um, one of the, the premier shows across Europe. And they, they're very much like Cage Warriors. They, they're very smart in how they match. Uh, Babak, who, who runs them, um, always wants to put on the best shows, not necessarily the people who sell the most tickets, but the people who are going to put forward the, the best matches. So, you know, the last time I went this loopy over somebody was uh, when I went on my uh, my tirade about uh, Jordan Vucenic and that was in the fight that he had with Steve Amable and I took a little bit of stick for that actually because uh, I got told that I kissed his ass too much and didn't say anything negative so the only negative thing that I'm going to say about uh, Tobias is because he's such a vicious little bastard he plants his feet a little bit because he throws with bad intentions constantly and um, I certainly think that when he moves up probably a couple of levels from this fight because he's going to run through William Gomez. There's not even going to be a question about it. He's going to run through it. Um, then if he comes up against a very, very high-level grappler um, who has that ability to time his shots, um, then potentially he could put himself in a in a position that he's not been put in before. But, you know, um, he trains with such a good team as well, uh, Tobias. He trains at uh, Vesteros Fight Club with Jürgen Hamburg. And Jürgen's someone who commented earlier, um, you know, for um Pomin Svenska Vana, um Dea Hori Yavna Podjimet. And I'm also gonna say Yaga Ledson Min Svenska Achwitz. You just can't um, some Swedish there, Chris. Yeah, my it's no how that was. Was that sorry? We didn't learn just before the, the show, Chris. You, no one no one said you had to drop the Swedish here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is we We've we've got Tobias Haria now is is rep, is representing Sweden in uh, in Cage Warriors. We have Swedish fans, so we need to cater for our for our wider audience as well. Um, I'm not dis I'm not dissing you for it, buddy. I'm not dissing you. I'm just uh, so but Vesteros. <laughs> so we we've got loads of comments come in since since we've been talking about this fight, and yeah. obviously the champ Jordan Vucenic's injured. He's broken his thumb. Um, so Freya wants to know our thoughts on if Morgan should have taken a fight at this trilogy, possibly an interim title fight with a top contender while Jordan's out healing up. I think a lot of us felt that Tobias had, um, that just with his debut on Cage Warriors was so impressive. Um, I would have loved to see that as an interim fight. I don't know what you guys think. For, for me, I definitely would like it. I think 
you know, if you're Jordan, you kind of don't want to give up the belt for an interim belt at the same time. But do you know what? I think interim belts make things much more interesting. And then, you know, you get a champ versus champ fight. It has, it always has a little bit extra. It, it takes me back to uh, Ross Houston and Nicholas Dalby, the two champs going at it. You know, you, you get those champ champ matches and it, it really does add a, an extra little bit of flavor to the fight. So I would love to have seen that. I think it would have been great as well for, for Morgan's fans. For if, you know, if he might have got a belt as well, he's got a huge following, hasn't he? So, I think they would have all got behind him getting a belt. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely would like to see an interim belt being made. Well, then Jürgen says that Morgan sat this one out and it makes us question, how tough is this guy? You can't be a champion by ducking certain fighters. He also said, if bad intention, Harilla secures a win on Saturday, how will they handle him? All sitting as ducks <laughs> or what? <laughs> I want to go back and ask what you said in Swedish earlier mm -hmm. for, for the English and the UK fans. What, what was that little comment you made there? Well, I want to see whether any of the Swedes actually picked up on it and whether my accent was horrifically bad and I murdered it. I'm not, I I'm... think this might be a, <laughs> a, a lack of rocking emoji, but I'm, I've also got to go to this comment. Sorry. Brett John said he's met Brock Lesnar and Francis in Garnu, but nobody scared him. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it, honestly. Now, the Tobias, he trains with um, uh, Andreas uh, Bain Gustafsson as well, who is a truly scary guy. Um, now, from what I hear, he runs him around in the cage as well. And, and Andreas is a couple of weight classes above him. The guy just doesn't care who he's up against. You would put, I, I would back um, Tobias Haria in a fight against probably most people in European MMA um, when it comes if it came to a natural brawl um, you know not necessarily if we're talking a, a proper MMA about different matter if we're talking weight classes and um, time you know time rounds and rules if it's talking a straight street brawl I want him on my side every single time if he's on the other side I'm doing a limb for Christie because that guy is just a psychopath <laughs> okay. I haven't seen this excited about a fighter for a long time Chris so I I'm definitely looking forward to this guy getting in there now. Uh, he's honestly, um, I've said the last person I gave that gave this to was was Jordan. Um, Tobias, I've watched for an, for a number of years now, and um, he just gets better and better. The Western fight, I thought, um, was a performance he probably couldn't match. But then when I saw he was drawn against Aiden Stephen, I thought, you know, that's a tough one because if Aiden gets hold of you, you you're going to be in trouble. Um, but he dealt with him in a way that just completely shocked me. And uh, the fight to make is him versus Vujenic. To be a Saria versus Jordan Vujenic will be probably one of the best fights that Cage Warriors have ever had. Now, bearing in mind the talent that's gone through Cage Warriors and the matchups that they've put on, um, I think that that would probably rival it. Yeah. Uh, but there is a bit of a backlog, isn't there? Especially with people not prepared to fight until they've had their shot at the mm. title. You've got Hughes and Morgan now both sitting out until they get that shot at him. And do you think that if Tobias puts on a show, he can leapfrog them to be next? Well, it should be, really, if you think about it, because they've both been beaten by Jordan. So, you know, OK, they were both decision victories, but... The top-level judges have made a call based upon the information that was put in front of them, and neither guy did enough to beat Jordan. You know, normally, you need to beat the champ to be the champ. So for Jordan to have beaten um, Charrier by decision, then he clearly, um, by the by the rules in place, he, he clearly won that fight um, to, to win the belt. So 
yeah, I can get it. Chariot was a bit frustrated. I could get it that Hughes was a bit frustrated. I could get it that Amiable was a bit frustrated because all of them were close decisions. But the judges all scored in favour of Vujenic, um for for a good reason. So if Haria's going and he's knocking people out um, and he hasn't fought Vujenic before, why the hell wouldn't you put it together? You're crazy, honestly. I think I think Paul Hughes will fight again before he gets a title shot. I think. Uh... I know he's. I know he wants to wait and get a shot, but I honestly feel like he's going to be in that position where he just wants to fight. If he's training, he wants to fight. There's another guy who's building his way up. I, I definitely see there being a potential eliminator there. Um, well, him versus him versus Charrier would work. Him versus if if um, uh, Tobias Aria puts away William Gomez as devastatingly as I expect him to, and gets the next title shot, you could put on the same card. You could put uh, Hughes versus Charrier for the uh, um, for the title eliminator. To be honest, I, I, Chris, I don't see, I don't see Harilla leapfrogging them just because of the work the other guys have done. I think if it, if it would be anything, it would be uh, Hughes and uh, Harillas. But I, I don't see him jumping straight into a title fight with with those. Mm, guys, I, I don't know. I think, I think you underestimate the 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 work that he's done beforehand as well. He's fought and brave. Um, and Superior Challenge, as I said, is is a top-level show. So it's not as if he's just coming off like the average regional scene. He's coming up against top-level fighters and decent, really, really decent events. And then he's coming into Cage Warriors and he's putting away people who are, um, who are Cage Warriors stalwarts. You know, Aiden Stephen, to walk in and do what he did to him in the first round, um, is it, it's kind of unseen. So... Um, I'd like to see Cage Warriors reward the people who... Are- who desire to be active mm. and I don't if if they suddenly reward people who are going to sit out until they get their title shot I think that could lead to some really boring divisions and what I like about cage Warriors is the way it's always moving on and you know who's next in yeah. in line and stuff like that I don't I I would like them to think I would like to think that if he puts on another epic performance that that would shake up the division and he, he would get a shot. But again, another comment here, if no con- if no top contenders will fight to be us, what should Graham do? Just push him to UFC tier or what? Yeah, he, or he's also I, suggested maybe a fight on the Cage Warriors US show. That could be a good show, you know. That well, it's been, and it's, it's been super active as well, um, to be. He fought three times in 2020. Um, which in, in the middle of a pandemic is pretty impressive. No, I can't think of anyone else other than maybe Mohamed Makayev, who seems to fight every week on breath. Um, I can't think of anyone else as being as active. Um, so he, he's certainly one of those guys. And what I said was um, they're hard bastards in that gym, um, in Swedish, by the way. And uh, he's one of those guys who does have that mindset. And that, that whole gym, the, the best of us fight club, they do have that mindset. Um, where he'll go in, he'd turn around, he'd, he'd fight tomorrow, he'd, he'd fight on on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, given after chance yeah. that kid. In terms of the, the way the division is at the minute, though, and I, I don't know if I'm missing missing out on something, but Buchanek is, is injured, so he's going to fight mm-hmm. when he's back. He's going to fight Shari. I think that's a that's a given at this point. Um, but I don't see why. Do you, but do I don't understand why. It's annoying that Morgan sat out and but didn't fight for an interim belt. Do you not? If you don't have an interim belt, do you not just make? You know, say yeah, that's a given fight. Then Morgan and uh, Vucenic, and then have an eliminator. I think it's setting a dangerous and... precedent to let the fighters decide like that because Paul Hughes was already saying, 
okay, I'm going to sit out this trilogy because I think I should have got the title shot. Then Jordan gets injured. Then you've got Morgan saying, well, no, I don't want to fight anyone else. So I want to wait for the real title shot. So I've got that next. So we've got the two next contenders yeah. who already think they're not going to fight again until they get their title shot. But and there's nothing anyone else in the division can do to, to get that shot off them. I, I think there must be a way. Can you not understand it for Morgan, though? Like, if you've been told you're getting the rematch, why are you going to take a different fight? Like, for me, if I was him, I would definitely take the, you know, a belt at this level is a belt. You know, you can go you can go to the UFC on an interim belt. We've seen Nicholas Dalby do it. So I would have definitely fought for the belt if I was him. But at the same time, you know, if, if that's the way he's kind of thinking about it and he's being given that shot He maybe fancies his chances more against Jordan than he does against Khabib. I don't know. It, it's... I I think it's a real shame for the division that we've kind of got this like bottleneck now. Yeah, and then yeah. but then again, there's so much riding on it as well. You know, you speak about Steve Amable earlier. You know, one or two decision losses, and you can go from the top to the bottom quite quickly. I mean, in in the other mm-hmm. hand, you can't fault fighters for trying to be a bit more tactical about who and when they fight. I suppose so. I mean, it's it's you know it it kind of sucks for us a little bit, but it is a a double-edged sword, I guess, with, with the results and the way things goes. Chris, one for you. What does that say? Um, shit's good. I dare you. <laughs> That's my, my Swedish is rudimentary at best. 18 months I've been with a Swedish girl and, uh, yeah, she keeps trying to teach me and my old brain doesn't really work that well when it comes to languages anymore. Don't be about, <laughs> you're, how, how old are you about? You're only about 55, 60, you know? <laughs> Pretty, I feel it, mate. I feel it. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding, Chris. You, you, you don't look a day over thirty-five, mate. See, charming, you know, Lewis. <laughs> so I want to get back to the car then, because we've got another couple of good fights here. We've got Dougie McLean and, and Steve McIntosh. Uh, another good fight, Katie. What's your What's your thoughts on this one? I haven't looked too much into this one, but both guys are, I've watched quite a bit over the years, yeah. and um, Stevie had a tough matchup in his first. Cage Warriors fight, but um, it's going to be a good one. Like it, I, I really like both guys. I'm going to go with Stevie on this one. Chris, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Decky. I've always liked watching Decky. I found him a really entertaining guy to watch. Um, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a coin toss again. This one in terms of how the fighters, which fighter comes out on the day. Um, but now, Decky, I'm surprised you haven't gotten the Irish, Katie. You know, I expect I know. they're probably disappointed in you on that one. But, um, <laughs> but Decky for me has always been an entertaining fighter to watch. I like his style, and I'd like to see him get the win. Imagine being the only Irish fighter Katie Hunter doesn't support. Oh, no, I know, right? No, I do. Honestly, I do. <laughs> unbelievable. Poor Decky McAleen. He's going to get run across the entire Emerald Isle now. Oh, oh you're the one that she doesn't like. <laughs> there we go. We've got and the undercard, and this is pretty good as well. You've got Paul McBain um coming back to the cage after a good while out. Paul obviously was a huge prospect at one point. It was Scott mm. striker. He's gonna be facing James Hendon. Um that's a, that's a decent little fight there, Chris, isn't it? It is, and it depends what McBain comes back. So like you said he was a really good prospect and he was he was one of those people you expected to do things, then he kind of disappeared off the radar. Yeah. I don't know what happened with him. Um, but Hendon's another one who 
is out of this it is a similar type of person to Berlinson. He's so introverted, he's so within himself, yet he is so talented. Um, he's not got the dynamism of Berlinson, but he does everything very, very well. His striking is technically really good, his grappling is technically really good, his jits is te technically really good. Um, and he's one of those people that just kind of sits under the radar. I'd imagine he's the type of person who, who quite enjoys his own company. Uh, it doesn't doesn't want to doesn't want doesn't to want interact to and get involved in. <laughs> no, no, I can tell you that. <laughs> and, and it's such a shame because it's another one that I think that I bet he's a super interesting dude as well, actually. Um, but I, I think that he probably won't achieve everything that he could achieve because he doesn't do the full game. He's a very, very, very good martial artist, but. It's brewing prize fighting, and you kind of wonder what what the reason is for people to actually do it on shows like this. You know, okay, to test themselves and to try and become the best. But ideally, you want to build a career out of it. You want to make some money out of it to feed your family and give your your offspring an opportunity in life. Or you know, even if you just want to get yourself enough money to build a I don't know a, a school afterwards to train people, or if you want to buy get enough money to buy a hut in the middle of nowhere so you don't have to interact with people um whatever floats your boat you're not going to get it unless you actually get involved in all aspects of the game and i think that that's the one bit that lets hendon down his skill set certainly doesn't he's a really really good fighter um so i would say that now obviously hendon is uh someone who's been active more recently and he's incredibly good all round unless um bane comes back um with a massive bang i think the hendon will win as well yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing more Paul comes back because uh, he, he just had that a little bit of a tear in Cage Warriors. We had some really, really exciting fights. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he beat Steve uh, at Cage Warriors London before, I, yeah. I think, I'm trying to think, he was in the, um, there was a Grand Prix at one point, wasn't it, for that division? I think, didn't he get the, yeah. the semi-final for it or something like that? I can't, I can't quite he remember, but he, he, was I think he lost really to Aiden Lee, didn't he? yeah. Yeah, I think you lost to Aiden Lee. I think you got submitted in that one. Um, I, I think that was the last time he fought on the same card that Ross Houston won the welterweight title. That would have been so. That's that's a good while back, back now. A bit, a yeah. Years. Yeah. Also, I I got to drop this in. The the most interesting interview I ever had post fight was with Paul McBain when he literally downed a pint on camera and started <laughs> cursing out Flyby for the price of his flights down to London. So. <laughs> Big shout out to Paul. We can't wait to see him get back in there. And, uh... well, do you know what? I've just looked him up, and that was the last fight that he had. The Ed and Lee lost in 2018, October 2018. Yeah, three wow. years now. So it's a, it's a good while out. So <laughs> not sure why he's been out while a while, but hopefully it'll be nice to see him come back with a bang. And like I said, even though James is really good, if he can come back with some form, I think he can get it done. But James is going to be a very difficult test for him, I think. So <clears> see how this one goes. We've got below that, we've got Gerardo Fanny versus Connor Hignett. Uh, another returning fight to the Cage Warriors, which is Scott Malone and Sidar Atlas. Scott is a super talented guy. He's, he's, he obviously had a couple of losses in Cage Warriors, but I think he's been away and, and put a couple of wins on the board outside of the promotion. So I think that was a good time for, for Scott to come back as well and try and make his mark on that on that division. I know he's fighting at the catchweight in this in this matchup. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, we've then got Marcus Lewis versus Leon Hill at lightweight and Connor Wilson versus Kieran Mulholland. Uh, any, any any comments on any of those fights, Chris? I just want to see Scott come back of the bank because he's just such a good dude. He is so so nice. Um, he's he's one of the people that that we've uh, had a little bit of interaction with here on MMA UK. Yeah. Um, and 
you just want good things to happen to good people and he's he is good people so um yeah absolutely team alone on that and just want to see want to see him come back get that win get back in the cage and really make a run of it because um i'd love to see him succeed yeah definitely Kate, Kate, uh, last words to you on the the last card of the evening yeah, same, same. I'm absolutely buzzing that Scott's back and he deserves to be on a big show and, and no offence to the smaller promotions that he's been on recently. Um, but he absolutely deserves to be putting those yellow gloves back on. And he's another one that for me, like you see the fights announced and you just makes you really look forward to the whole card. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just I'm um, I'm buzzing that I'm buzzing forward of it to be honest with you boys. Yeah, same. Like it's it's always a treat when we get these cards and you you know you got like the Thursday Thursday Friday Saturday you finish work you get to check on the fights. It's it's definitely exciting, especially now as well to have you know like like we've been lucky enough to have the UFC throughout the pandemic. But I think there's something kind of special when you get these Cage Warriors cards and you get to see guys who train in local gyms and. You know, we're really kind of the grassroots of the sports going out and putting it on the on the line on such a bigger local kind of scale, we should say. So yes, it's great to have these it's great to have the trilogy back and really can't wait for these ones. Obviously, they're gonna be able to be watched on UFC Fight Pass again as well. So that's good if you've got that. And um yeah, can't can't wait for these cards. One bit of breaking news I did want to kind of talk about quickly was that um just saw before we came on you, it was that Ariel Hawani, obviously the former ESPN presenters, signed for BT Sports as well. Uh, obviously, they've got a pretty a pretty strong dream team of presenters and pundits there now. Chris, what, what was your thoughts about Hawani uh, going over to BT Sport? Um, I hope BT Sport are paying him well for it because, <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy's put in the work, hasn't he? He is, he is put in the work for well 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 over a decade in this sport and um he deserves to actually get a really big contract and 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 get the opportunity to uh to earn some money back for the amount of time that he's put into it and he's had um his ups and downs with certain promoters of global shows um where he has been publicly thrown under buses what are you talking about there chris um <laughs> someone someone whose hairstyle i emulate um <laughs> And you know, I feel it's for the guy because, isn't it? If if <laughs> if the top guy at the UFC wants to make your life a misery and wants to ruin mm. your career, it's, I mean, it's pretty difficult, isn't it? It is, and it, I think regardless of whether he was at fault for any of that or not, um, I think it was a bit crappy what happened to him. Um, you know, is for a lot of MMA fans, they've they've grown up listening to the MMA hour. They've it, He's been um, the, the the voice uh, of MMA um, and certainly the UFC for um, for a long, long time um, externally. Obviously, outside of the UFC broadcast, so um, it's it's good to see. I hope that he's got a really big bumper pay rise for it, put in the work, get the rewards, and um, it's like you said, it's a really it's it's a great um, it's a great lineup they've got. But actually, speaking of lineups. Have you noticed who Cage Warriors have added into their commentary booth for um, their US card? Angela Hill. Yeah, as yeah. Kill Hill. That is awesome. She's so cool. So what a great, great social media. She mm. she is like, yeah, I, I think she's going to be a phenomenal signing for them. Yeah, agree. Yeah. She's very. To be honest, I never really considered her. 
as a commentator, as a kind of voice outside of a fight there, but uh, I, I heard her, I can't remember what, I heard her speaking on like a card or a show and I was like, oh my God, she's she's really intelligent and she'd been on the Rogan podcast mm-hmm. as well and she's really well mm-hmm. on there. So, she's yeah. funny as well and just, I, I really, really uh, rate her and she I think she's done a few things with Kevin Bryant as well. Yeah, and yes. um, great addition to Cage Warriors. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Kate, Katie, on the on the kind of um, on that note, when when do you think we're going to get our own show on BT Sport or ESPN or S3? Well, I reckon that the call's probably imminent after this show, don't you reckon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's Peter's going to have to give oh, us well. a pay rise if they come, if they swoop in. <laughs> they can give us a million percent pay rise, and it's still exactly the same amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure you know what. What else do we need? To, what else we need to cover? We've got we've got an international feel. We've got a, a, mis, a, a mix of, of male and female commentators. You know, we've got the the dulcet tones of from the valleys of, of Lewis Smith. It's it literally covers every single base, doesn't it? The the, the old market, the young market, and you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. That's kind. <laughs> move, move over, Hawani. <laughs> exactly. There you go, guys. Well, it's been, once again, a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I think definitely we've got to make sure we don't leave it this long until the next one. Maybe we maybe we do like a little preview show for, for the next couple of cards coming up, whatever they may be in terms of local fights and, and big ones as well. Um, and, yeah, Katie, anything you want to say before you head off? No, I'd, I'd love to do that. And it was really good to see you, boys, and catch up with you. It has been a long time. And I'm really looking forward to always when we do these shows and we talk about the fights, I end up more buzzing about them than I was bef- like even when they were announced. So just really can't wait for Thursday now. Yeah. Chris, final thoughts? I'm just really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, I Every single night it's got something to capture your imagination and every single night's got a number of fights, not just one fight, a number of fights that makes you think, yeah, that could be fight of the night. So um, it's certainly one for for the fans. You know, there's there's a, there's there's a whole heap of fun certainly that's going to be coming our way over the weekend. And I haven't actually watched the football schedule, so I hope it doesn't interfere with any of the home games. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to have to have two screens up. But certainly, I'm going to be watching uh, all three cards. Brilliant. Well, guys, we've reached the hour forty-two mark. Um, I think we'll. I think we'll sign out there. I just want to say a big, a big shout out to everyone. If you have stuck with us this long, an hour and forty-two minutes. First of all, you're absolutely crazy. But thank you very much. We really do appreciate like and support. subscribe. Like and subscribe to our yep. channel. Please give us a share as well if you, if you feel uh, compelled to do so. We really do appreciate the support. And uh, until next time, guys. I'll see you all soon. Thanks, Hey,